Welcome to the Educated by Design podcast, where we discuss ways to design the space, metaphorically of course, to experiment, explore, and extract your creative potential, not just for yourself, but for your students as well. everyone, this is Michael Cohen and welcome to another episode of the Educated by Design podcast. I am in transit right now in the state of Maine to ACTEM, which is the main EdTech conference for the state. Really excited to be keynote speaking there. And I wanted to spend the next couple minutes talking with you about chapter five of my book and this this chapter was hard to write because it it really never felt done but we had to get it out in your hands we had to get it out there the publisher said it's time no more ideas no more activities no more insights you can share those in in other ways and I'm I'm committed to building out a resource uh, a resource page on my site that you can find once you've purchased the book and found the uh, found the link there. So what what's today's topic as I drive uh, for the next hour or so? The the topic is that ideas have to lead to action. There comes a point when ideas are just ideas and they're almost worthless because you have to let go a little bit of how perfect the idea should be of your perfect vision of the idea how inspired you are about the idea how invigorating and exciting and passionate etc etc you are about the idea you just have to do something And for our students, a lot of the times, they have these great ideas. They're inspired. They're like, yeah, we're going to build this app and we're going to fix this problem. We're going to design this website that's going to help educate people about about this or that. And then they have to actually make it. They have to do it. You want to design a product, it, it needs to turn into something physical that you can move around in your hands, that you can feel. And... Unfortunately, our students lack technical skills. And one of the things that I, I always find entertaining is, is in middle school and in high school, I took electives that were, were hands-on. They were technical. And they were home ec. They were shop. I mean, I literally learned how to weld as a freshman or sophomore and I welded stuff and I made castings and 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 casted metal I, I mean I just think that that's awesome and a lot of students don't have those opportunities so let's say let's say home ec and shop you know these physical activities are not meant for this generation Okay? I mean, we, let's just say that for a moment. So what are we replacing it with? Are we replacing it with app design and 3D engineering 
and the ability to to build and make things and, and leverage really incredibly powerful technology to make in intricate and complex designs that can be 3D printed or laser cut or CNC'd, I mean, I don't see that happening. And so what happens because of that is that our students aren't technical. They have ideas that involve technical components, technical expertise, and they just, they just give up. They just give up. Now, there are ways to go about this that can be pretty powerful in, 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 in solving this, this issue because it, it really is an issue for students to, to do research and, and validate an idea or validate that this problem is something that's, that, that people actually want to, to have solved and, and you go through the process of, of engaging with potential users, you go through the process of making sure that, you know, who, who's out there, who's doing it, right? You do all of these, these different phases of what, what businesses in the real world do. And then they get to the point where, well, it's time to make a prototype. You know, we need an app. Well, I don't know how to program. Do you know how to program? And they burn out in, 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 a, in, a, in a very sad state. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard for me as an educator to watch students go from excited and passionate and, and, and doing things. They are acting on the idea, but they can't get it into reality. So a great way to go about this is to teach students paper prototyping. It's, it's not beautiful. And a lot of the times students are like, I don't know how to draw. I don't, I don't know how to draw, so how am I gonna, how am I gonna do that? You know, I can't draw a stick figure. I'm like, well, the good news is that you know how to use a ruler, right? You can hopefully, you know, draw a square and make an X in the square. You could write a little note next to the square. You could put a circle in the square, right? So th there are ways that they, they can overcome this. But paper prototyping is really powerful because it starts the process of getting students to understand, well, if I would build an app, what would, what would happen when, when I would first get there? How, how would I ha make sure that it's not confusing? H how can I help the user guide, get, you know, guide themselves through the process so they know where they go, they know what to do so that they want to stay on the app and they're not frustrated? And they could go through this process. Now, once they, they have that clarity, then if it's an app or a website, they can actually get a professional mock-up done for only a few hundred dollars. And I know that to say that is sometimes difficult because you have students in your school community to say, oh, just spend a hundred dollars on them. That's not a big deal for one project for a class. Well, if this is a project where a student is building, a, you know, a diorama, building, a, you know, a model of a, of a mission, that's a big thing in California, or, you know, doing something 
that is pretty generic and everyone else in the class is doing the, the same exact thing and it's just to make sure you know information. Okay, so to spend $100 seems a bit excessive. But we're talking about students who have actually stepped back and looked at the world and said, there's a problem. This problem's in our school. This problem's down the street. This problem's at my, at my house, in my housing complex. I, I see this problem. It doesn't have to be an app where a billion people are gonna use it. You know, everyone wants to make the next Uber. Of course, right, I wanna make the next Uber. But you, you, don't, you don't have to create this, this mega, you know, mega solution. So maybe it's something they, they, they noticed in their city, all over the place, well, whatever it is, and there's, a, there's some sort of digital solution that they're gonna make for that. And it, it can be interactive, it can be informative, it can be something that, that, that people use as a service. I mean, it really doesn't always have to be so complicated. But they, they need to build this. So you go on to Fiverr, you go on to Upwork, right, these websites, and I have a student, he got a micro-grant. He pitched his idea, he got a micro-grant. There's, just like you have magazine fundraising drives and you have, you know, Girl Scout cookie sales, you have a student who has said, you know, I'm ready to pitch this. I'm ready to get others to believe in this idea and I wanna create something a little more tangible. But I have my pitch deck, I've done my research. I know how to organize this so that it could work and they can build a prototype. Now, when you go onto Fiverr, you usually are going to get a, a user interaction or user experience, UX or UI designer that's gonna build this for you. And if you, you know, you have to pay attention, you wanna make sure that they're gonna give you the design files and you can message them and ask them for clarification, the Adobe XD files, because my student only wanted to pay a certain amount of money and that only gave him nine screens on his app. So he gets the design file and then he reverse engineers the design file. He says, okay, here's how they did this part and that. This is how they connected together. Oh, I can't figure this out. Well, I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna check out YouTube. Okay, now they went and, and this is how they made the button. Oh, I can just copy this, this piece because it's just a, a visual design element and it's already present on the other screen so I'm just gonna duplicate it. And he built a 16 screen app. Now, think about that for a moment. The level of problem solving and critical thinking, the level of creativity that the student had to go through because he still had to make the, the, the additional screens. It wasn't just like duplicate, duplicate. They were totally new components. So he goes through this process on a big whiteboard with me of breaking down like, well, what does this look like? What is this phase of the app? How should this look? How should I do this? And how should this connect? And oh, that's too complicated. That's confusing. Let's simplify it. Let's take these two screens and let's make them into one and just have less information, but be more clear. So there's communication skills that are going in, not just visual, but written communication. How are you getting the ideas across in this process? So you now have a student that has done primary, secondary research. They've, they've validated an idea, but now they can turn it into action. They can 
website mock it up. They can go through and they can create the app. With the website, they have you have Squarespace, you have Wix. If it's just an in informational website where you're trying to bring awareness around something, maybe that's the first phase. So then you go you go through that process. But it's it's just incredibly powerful for students to be able to get their idea to the next level. Now, for me, I'm I'm personally stuck in this space because I am very close to being ready to launch a online solution, a startup that is going to solve what I just described because it's not enough to just have students go on to Fiverr and Upwork. There has to be a different way that non-technical students can interact with technical individuals in a, in, a, in, a, in a safe and effective way to bring their ideas to life. So if you are in a class right now, you're a classroom teacher, you're a TOSA, you're an ed tech coach, imagine being able to get students to, to get to the ideation phase, to, to concretize an idea and to be able to create some sort of prototype. But to show the process, I think it's so important that the process becomes part of the product. And I have spoken to a number of high profile people in the tech industry who hire designers. And they say, it's not enough anymore to just have a product portfolio. Look at these great things I did. You have to have a process. They want to know that you were part of a team, part of a group, that you were working together, that you were building your communication skills, your problem solving skills, your empathy skills to be able to take that idea and evolve it to the point of that pristine, beautiful product that's now in your portfolio. And for individuals that aren't trying to become designers, to have that under your belt, to have that skill set is incredibly valuable. Do not underestimate that as part of your skill set in, in whatever industry you are involved in because it is, it is critical to give our students a broad skill set just like we want to give them a broad knowledge scope in school. So to be able to have them paper prototyping, wireframe prototyping, their designs and then to get some of them funded maybe they don't all get funded but I think it's important for 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 you to figure out what does that look like if our school does not have the budget which I think is most schools how do we make that happen do we have students go out and seed fund it's called it's called the FF round friends and family you go and you, and you pitch it and if, if, you're, if you're scared to pitch it, so let's, let's have them sit back and analyze that. Is it because the idea is really not thought out or the, the idea is not something that's scalable or interesting or valuable to the users? Because if you are gonna be an adult trying to launch a startup, you're gonna have to go and you're gonna have to pitch your idea and get people to buy in on a financial level. So to raise two, $300 could be possible if the students really put their heart into it. And if, and if they don't get it funded, it's still a valuable experience that can have an end result of a paper prototype. Or maybe they wanna go on to Google and YouTube and learn how to use Adobe XD themselves and to make a simple, a simple mock-up. It's totally possible for them to do that. 
It is possible for them to do that. So that's my call to action. What does that experience look like in your classroom where students can actually apply the skill set, the literacies, the knowledge, and try to identify solutions to problems they see in the world and try to prototype them. So that, that's my call to action. Thanks for listening. Once again, if you enjoyed this episode of the Educated by Design podcast, leave a review please share this out and most importantly share your thoughts on twitter i've gotten a few tweets from the last episode that it was just incredible it was incredible for me to know that not just that you're listening i can see that from the analytics but that you actually have some pushback or you want some clarification or you you have an interest in learning more about something that i said that's powerful that is my oxygen. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Educated by Design podcast. If you found this valuable, please leave a review, rate this podcast, because your insight, your feedback is what drives me to keep creating. Thank you so much for listening.